Hey guys, welcome to the Think Sports podcast. Today we have an exciting episode. We have two guests, Shinjai, who's an avid Formula One fan. Um, and we have Shreyas, who is also an avid Formula One fan. He has his own podcast where he talks about multiple sports. Uh, it's the Teta Ted podcast. We'll have the, uh, like it, uh, all the information will be in our description. So today we're going to do a Formula One preview. Uh, we're going to talk about the Eiffel Grand Prix and we're going to talk about Lewis Hamilton's feet and like the next generation of drivers. So I'm going to hand it over to Arjun and you can take it from there. Thanks, Rick. Um, yeah, so excited to have you guys. Just wanted to know your views on um, starting off from yesterday's Grand Prix. Uh, it was interesting. They didn't have any free practice because it was all rained out. And that did play a role towards the end because they didn't know how long they would go and tire settings and engine problems uh, setting in. And um, Valtteri Bottas again um, took pole, gave us hope maybe there's a possibility, maybe he could win, you know, I mean, disrupt the apple cart. But unfortunately, he had uh, issues and had to retire, as did uh, a couple of other people. Um, Lewis Hamilton, his 91st Grand Prix victory, phenomenal achievement in my opinion. Uh, Max Verstappen was second and um, the much-loved Danny Ricciardo is back on the podium. I think after two years, uh, two, two and a half years, I think it was on podium last year. Baku, 2018. Yeah, so it was, I mean, a wonderful achievement for him. Uh, I really rate him as a driver, so it's good to see him back on the podium. But um, yeah, I'll throw this out to Shinjoy first, uh, what he thought of the race in general and um, his views on the Grand Prix. Uh, so the race in general was comparatively uneventful, like compared to, the, compared to some other races that we've had like Monza and Mugello. Uh, and uh, Botas might have had a power unit issue, but he'd already been overtaken by Hamilton after he made a mistake. Which is like so Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Lewis Hamilton wins again, but I guess uh, Daniel Ricciardo getting third is probably the highlight, and also Nico Hulkenberg going from P20 to P8 in basically his second day in the car, having not practiced at all, was a phenomenal achievement, I feel. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, and like Red Bull, as usual, Max Verstappen's been brilliant. So, uh, that, that. and uh, points for and po- points for Roman Grosjean and Antonio Giovinazzi for us and Alfa Romeo as well, which is like a rarity yeah. for them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's a so that, very that's interesting it. point. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg stepped in on Saturday, I think Sunday morning, and he had to send him to um, Lundstroll's car. Which is... Yeah, like he went straight, he went straight to qualifying. Like, there yeah. was no practice. There was no practice. And, and to finish eighth, I mean, it's remarkable in my opinion how this man doesn't have a drive um, uh, at this stage because we all know he's been in and around Formula 1. There was this ridiculous stat, I think, thanks to Drive to Survive, that he is the only one who doesn't have a podium um, yet. Right? He hasn't got a yeah. Formula 1 podium in his career, which is yeah, remarkable. Like he has the record for most starts without a podium. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's, but that's he's also, ridiculous. He's also an extremely highly rated driver. I think it's just like in his head now. Where yeah. Um, yeah, it's 100% mental. I think, speaking of the podium, yesterday was quite open because Bottas retired and then that third was up for grabs. And Lando was running in third for the longest time when Ricardo pit and then 
of course his engine blew so or he had a sensor issue so he left the race but Perez Ricardo Lando were in for the hunt for the podium and I think that's the difference right because Ricardo takes the podium he has the opportunity gets the podium Perez has had opportunities in the past he gets the podium Lando's done it Sainz has done it so that's I guess the difference is that it's mental for Hulkenberg like Rick said so it's quite difficult to get over that um uh, i mean to be fair towards the end like his car couldn't i don't think his car particularly could compete for a podium but uh in terms also i i think lando was only in the podium conversation just like before he he hadn't pitted right so that's why he was running in third because he hadn't pitted at all yeah, but he had very good pace though he was a yeah, old soft yeah. so he had very good pace yeah, so he probably would have with this with the safety car yeah after the safety car especially Oh shit! Yeah. Safety car that happened only because Lando stopped. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a virtual. But he had good pace, and Ricardo had. When Ricardo yeah. pit, yeah, he could. Yeah, Ricardo pit in virtual. But Ricardo had much older tires, so Perez and Norris could have closed up. Yes. But Ricardo was quite unfortunate with the virtual safety car because they just pulled in the virtual safety car when he had gone into the pit lane. Um, yeah. And yeah. Hamilton and Verstappen had just pulled out, so it was quite unfortunate. But yeah, touching on. Um, I think we can all agree that we have fairly good idea who the top 3 will be in the drivers championship. I mean I'm not going to go into the yeah. order. But I think the midfield battle is the most interesting because I think racing point in it you've got Renault who have come up, McLaren have been looking really good. Um I I don't want to put Ferrari in but Charles Leclerc can always surprise people. I think Sebastian Vettel is just waiting to move to Aston Martin. I think he's given up. He does not care about Ferrari at all. Um so I'll I'll ask Shreyas what he thinks about the midfield battle which teams impressed him the most and who he thinks will be the best of the rest. I think this year it's been um a classic tale that I don't think I've ever seen a top 3 battle really on track because we know it's going to be Bottas, Hamilton and Verstappen if they finish the race. So it's always about who can finish 4th, 5th, 6th and 7th and it's always such a tight battle because all the drivers within that that 4th to 8th position are You know they're not just like you know fast drivers. They're very good at you know pulling off moves and, in their words, licking the stamp and sending it. So it's quite fun to see some of the action down there. And uh, with respect to like the three teams that are now in third, fourth, and fifth, you know, there's Racing Point who are third, um, McLaren I think are fourth, and Renault are fifth. Ferrari are kind of like out of the picture a bit because although Leclerc might perform uh, week in week out, Vettel is just like you said, he's already his mind is already at Aston Martin, so he's not going to really do anything. But um between those three it's going to be circuit specific and as battle of who can make the least mistakes and uh, i think you have to look at ricardo's performance in the last four or five races he's performed what fourth fifth almost every race and he's finally got his third place now incredible run he's now up to fourth in the drivers championship so that's another big achievement for him after last year's disappointment so um looking looking ahead though because there are two races that are relatively unknown with imola and portugal I don't know it's going to be so fascinating to see who gets on top of every weekend on Fridays or Saturdays because Imola's again just like Nürburgring it's going to be a two day weekend so it's again down to the teams and the drivers to figure out the best way to go ahead for the weekend and it's going to be tight it's going to be maybe a couple of three points between those three teams at the end yeah yeah Rick um uh, it's exactly like Shea said right? like the driver that impressed me the most is Danny Ricardo which is where I'd have to say that Danny Ricardo looks like he's on track to finish best of the rest but 
exactly as you were saying the unpredictability of these new re- tracks uh will play a part uh, i mean it, it does look like Charles Leclerc is finishing pretty high up considering his car seems to be not great by where Vettel finishes uh most races even if it is tailored to him it still Vettel finishes outside the points when Charles Leclerc is finishing fifth for uh, yeah. uh fourth fifth um so i think the the midfield battle is tight with mclaren looking fast in a couple of races this season uh renault now getting their podium alpha tori with pierre gasly looking really fast um uh, and and finish, uh, looking actually faster than alex albon from uh, most races pierre gasly he finished he finished 6 yesterday which is crazy yeah. they were nowhere near he finished i think started like 12 He was 15 by the first lap, and he still is six. Pierre Gasly's race pace looks fantastic, so I, I think that would be a really interesting, interesting watch to see. I, I think that's the only part place where it's competitive right now, so that will be super interesting to see who comes out on top. Yeah, Shinjal, Sabit. Yeah, so uh, Ferrari for me are out of the out of the race. They have no chance. They're actually in a battle with Alpha Tauri for sixth and seventh. uh constructors wise i think they are 13 points ahead of alpha tauri and alpha tauri have started like making deep inroads into the into that lead as for uh, racing point renault and mclaren i feel it's going to be close and i feel it's going to come down to the drivers at the end because i don't think uh the teams in terms of performance have that much of a difference drivers going into the season i thought renault had the strongest driver lineup with ricardo and ocon but ocon has disappointed this season massively for me uh so i think uh, unless ocon like improves his performance over the last uh, six races mclaren i think are the favorites with norris and sainz doing really well now sainz started the season slowly but eventually has made up ground over the last four or five races and racing point i feel perez and stroll especially is like a liability i think their car is was better at the start of the season right now the performance levels are more or less same with mclaren and renault and i feel the driver lineups of mclaren and renault will win out if ocon can perform renault can get third otherwise i feel it's mclaren who is going to get third to be fair you guys do you fair? guys think that um, the potential i mean obviously ricardo's moving to mclaren and um who was sainz moving to ferrari of course do you think that's going to play a part like last couple of races or something do you think there will be a hindrance for mclaren and uh, ferrari i don't feel so i i think they'll be professional enough to why do you think it'd be a hindrance uh, though get the job done i mean think about it from ricardo's point of view um, i mean he's directly in competition with the team he's going to right and you never know cuz although reno have their uh, obviously because of oka not performing week in week out all the bets are placed on ricardo landing that fourth place or a third place in the constructors or uh, maybe comes to the last race and he has to fight a mclaren let's say for third place in a race i don't think he'd lick it and send it you know like he'd send it on anyone else it just be you know one bit of reservation about sending a move like that i don't know man i think I, like whenever i watch him drive it looks like he's i mean he is hyper competitive right like all of them are they have to be at that level So I think he'd do it. I th- I think he'd go for it. Um I don't see him like I don't see it particularly affecting his performance. Um as for signs I feel like he'd want to just get as many 
like as high up the table as he can with McLaren because it doesn't look too good for him at the moment. So you just try to finish as high as possible. But yeah, I don't particularly think it'd be too much of a hindrance. Yeah, it's fascinating that we mentioned these two names in particular. A lot of people are asking the question. I mean, normally when you're going from, say, McLaren or Renault to Ferrari, it's a step up. But there was a very interesting poll that Sky Sports put out, which was um, who is actually getting a better drive? Is it Danny Rick going to McLaren or is it Carlos Sainz going to Ferrari? I'm interested to know what you guys think about at least for the next year, I don't know, after 2022 with the rule changes, it's going yeah. to be a completely different whole game. It's hard to predict now. But for 2021 at least, um, who's got the better drive? Is it Ricardo to McLaren or is it uh, Sainz at Ferrari? I think it has to be Ricardo to McLaren, right? Because they have Mercedes engines, for sure. Because Ferrari still can't upgrade their engine until 2024, I think, under the current regulations to a level that will actually be similar to what they were like a year ago. So, I think for Ricardo, it's a good short-term option with Mercedes in the back of the McLaren. But having said that, Renault have performed to a level that even he didn't expect them to. So, um, he might feel bittersweet about it if Alonso stands on the podium next year. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a pretty good point. Um, I, I also feel McLaren will be more competitive than Ferrari next year. Might, might be wrong, but yeah, based yeah. on the evidence now. Um, another interesting uh, takeaway from yesterday's Grand Prix was, um, as Shinjai mentioned, Roman Grosjean getting points uh, for the Haas. Uh, Gunther Steiner has been quite public about <laughs> he wants to change his driver lineup. He has been changing it uh, for a while. Uh, personally, I find the fact that Roman Grosjean still has a drive ridiculous. Because I just feel he's an absolute track hazard. So, if you putting you guys on the spot, who do you think could be uh, a fresh or new driver lineup for Haas to make them competitive for the midfield battle again? I mean, I know the car is a, a huge factor, but I mean, just to put an upgrade in terms of their uh, driver capabilities. Shinja? So I think Haas can go in a few directions over here. So if they're if they're opting, if they want to opt for an experienced driver lineup, they could remove both Magnussen and Grosjean, and they could get Sergio Perez and Nico Hulkenberg in. That's a fantastic driver pairing. Although I think maybe Perez and Hulkenberg might be having issues with each other. I'm not so sure. Uh, they've had issues with each other in the past. But if they can get them working, those are two brilliant drivers. If you want to go for a sh- uh, younger option. The Haas have very close ties with Ferrari. So, and Ferrari have three really good junior drivers coming up. Uh, Mick Schumacher, Callum Illett, and Robert Schwartzman. Who, who can definitely get a drive at Haas. And they're, they're targeting one of the seats in Alfa Romeo and one of the seats in Haas, definitely. So, that's definitely open for consideration. If we want to replace both drivers there, they might want to stick with continuity. They might want to keep one driver in as well, even though... They've not really performed up to standard. But I feel the best option would be to go with one senior driver. So, you either go with Hulkenberg or Perez. And then one of the Ferrari juniors. So, you either pick Callum Millet or Robert Schwartzman. Because I think Mick Schumacher uh, is favourite to go to Alfa Romeo. So, either Callum Millet or Robert Schwartzman might get to, get to Haas. My, my question is, why would you want to keep one of your drivers if you're Haas? Because it doesn't look like either... Are competent, right? Like at least going by no, this because, because these people are because 
Yeah, this season, every season, Gunther, you could have replaced the drivers at any stage of any season <laughs> in yeah. the last three seasons. But the thing is, uh, Gunther Steiner is, seems to be a fan of continuity. So, he might still want to retain one of the drivers. He might. I'm not saying, I, I don't feel it's ideal. But uh, Gunther Steiner might feel that for the continuity of the team, uh, heading into 2022 with new regulations, completely disrupting the team with a new dynamic might be uh, harmful. He I think Gunther, he said that, I think, this week. So, Callum Allard was supposed to take FP1 and that got washed out, obviously, because of the rain. And um, after that, Gunther Steiner came out and said that, I think there were three contradictory quotes where he said first that Callum Allard was on the shortlist. Then he said he's not on the shortlist. Then he said we're not looking at young drivers. So, it's kind of fascinating as to what is coming from Gene Haas because at the end of the day, Haas is like the most brittle team amongst all the 10. You know, they've regularly threatened yeah. to leave the sport because they don't find it financially sustainable. So, for them, I guess it's all about the short term. And for the short term, like Sinjoy um, mentioned there, they need experience. And, yeah. I mean, Hulkenberg and Perez is a dream lineup for any midfield team. They showed that at Force India, brought them to fourth in the championship. So, um, instead of taking a punt on one of the youngsters, they should just go for the two most experiences, experienced midfield contenders out there in the market. Uh, I was going to say exactly what Shinjai uh, said, where I said, uh, Bowen and Perez, I, I said Hulkenberg, if you have Hulkenberg available, why, and you're going to replace, you have to replace either Kevin Magnuson or Roman Grosha. It looks like Roman Grosha is leaving. Um, it makes the most sense to bring Hulkenberg in. It looks like he's been... But Perez, Perez brings a lot of money into. That's important for us. Yeah, he does bring a lot. Also, he, I mean, he has been... Uh, even though Shinjoy mentioned that Lance Stroll and Sergio Perez haven't been great, Sergio Perez has actually been driving pretty well for the last couple of races. He's finished quite high up in the... Uh, Sergio Perez is a very good driver. But I'm saying, uh, compared to the number one drivers that the other teams have, Sergio Perez yeah. might not be as good. For Haas, obviously, Sergio Perez is a massive upgrade yeah. to the current drivers. Yeah, because he has been driving extremely well. And he does have great tyre management, like, yeah. historically. Has had great tyre management. Yeah. I think there's, there's some stat that says that he's the best midfield driver in the last six years or something. Because in every season that he's raced with Force India or, or now Racing Point, of course, he's been... Ahead of his teammate, and I think he's been in within seventh, eighth, or ninth in the drivers' championship every year, something like that. I think even last year when they had an underperforming car, uh, he was eighth or ninth in the championship. So that says a lot about how he gets the best out of a situation where his car's not really, it shouldn't be really there. So it's quite impressive. So we agree that Haas should replace both their drivers, right? That's what I That is definitely agree. <laughs> Is that Haas needs to change both their drivers? What about Kimi though? What do you guys think want, about not Kimi? Only, not only if they want to be successful, but also for the sake of the other drivers on track. Safety. <laughs> I think Haas should uh, yeah. change their lineup. But yeah, um, coming back to, uh, we have to pay tribute to Lewis Hamilton. His 91st victory in his career, which is a phenomenal achievement. He is now um, equal with. My all-time favorite, Michael Schumacher. Um, so he's. I think I. I'd be correct by saying he is going to make it seven world championships, and he's going to equal uh, Michael is there as well. So automatically, when he's posting numbers like this, the conversation starts about is he the greatest driver of all time? 
And where does he rank among the great legends? I mean, you've got Fangio, Frost, Schumacher himself, Nicky Lauda. But a lot of people are in Senna. You've got drivers Fernando Alonso also uh, uh, part of the conversation. Sebastian Vettel, four-time world champion. So um, I'm interested. I'm going to throw this to Shinjoy first because I know um, strong opinions he, about this. He rates, he rates Lewis Hamilton. Of course, he does. But he doesn't believe he should be part of this conversation. So, um, over to you, Shinjai. Where, where for you, does Lewis Hamilton rate in the conversation for being the greatest driver of all time? Okay, so first of all, it is a great achievement that he's won 91 races. He'll probably go past 100, that is for sure. He's, he's on track to win his 7th. He will most probably win his 8th next season. So, it's, it's some phenomenal numbers. But the problem with Formula 1 is, it's the one sport where you should not be judging the skills of the drivers based solely on statistics, right? Because the car itself has a lot to do with it. And Mercedes have been the absolute dominant force since 2014. Except for maybe 2017 and 2018 where Ferrari were close and Vettel maybe had an opportunity. But otherwise, Mercedes have been completely dominant and he's not really had too much of a competition as since Valtteri Bottas has come in. When Nico Rosberg was there, it was still close. Nico Rosberg actually even nicked, off, nicked a championship off of him. Which I feel nobody, none of Schumacher's teammates have ever beaten him. So, none of, Senna's teammates have beaten him. Alan Prost has beaten him, but he's a four-time world champion as well. So, it, 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 it's a pretty high level of competition. But... Lewis Hamilton, definitely for Mercedes, numbers-wise, is will go down in the history books as one of the top 10 drivers for sure. But I feel you can't judge him just based on his Mercedes stint. To judge Lewis Hamilton as a greatest, as a driver, you have to look at his McLaren stint as well. Where, of course, he had a brilliant rookie season. Everybody knows about that season. But Though there were mitigating circumstances in that season, which let's not go into that now. <laughs> and, uh, and in the 2000, he won the 2008 World Championship against Felipe Massa for sure. But in those two years, also McLaren did have close to the best car. Like they were joined, they were the joint best car with Ferrari. Between 2010 to 2012, McLaren had the second best car on the grid after Red Bull. And yeah. Lewis Hamilton did not finish above fourth in the championship in any of those three seasons. Whereas Fernando Alonso in the third best car in 2010 and about the fourth or the fifth best car in 2012 finished second yeah. in two of the seasons. So I feel Fernando Alonso, if you're rating Lewis Hamilton as one of the greatest, Fernando Alonso is definitely, as far as I've seen already, in should be in the competition. And as far as Michael Schumacher is concerned, I don't think we can, we can even speak their names in the same breath. I really don't. Because... Michael Schumacher won two championships with Benetton in a, in a time when Williams at that point were absolutely dominant. And in that season also, they were pretty dominant. They were half a second faster every race. And Michael Schumacher, by his sheer dint of performance, won the championship. So, I, I don't think Michael Schumacher, Michael Schumacher and Adam Senna are definitely a level above. Ayrton Senna, I haven't watched. It's it's mostly based on hearsay. He's legendary. There's a very popular story where he was 1.2 seconds faster in a qualifying lap than Alan Prost in the Monaco Grand Prix in the same car. Yeah. So, at McLaren Honda. So, 
I th- I feel Aiden Senna and Michael Schumacher are definitely a level above. In the next year, definitely Lewis Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, Alan Prost, Juan Manuel Fangio, definitely as well. I think all these drivers come in the next year. And I feel Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen are probably after that. So yeah, I feel I feel he's not the greatest of all time. You cannot mention his name in the same breath as Michael Schumacher or Aiden Senna. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I actually want to uh, extend his point further because, like you said, in Formula One, it's all—it's not just about the driver. The numbers—you can't stack the numbers against another driver and be like, you know, Schumacher and Hamilton have the same number of wins, so they're equally good or equally talented. Because I think it's important to mention that Hamilton, within those 2009 to 2013, that period, he was beaten by Button twice, I think, in the championship. And he made so many mistakes that you would never associate with someone like Schumacher or Senna or someone in that level of um, you know greatness. So I mean Hamilton, he's benefited from having the best car on the grid by a country mile. Since 2014, that car's been at least half a second quicker than anyone else, other than 17 and 18, of course. And he's had an incompetent teammate. Let's face it, for the last four years. I mean Bottas, he comes out with a new version every every season. He wins in Australia or the first race. And he goes back into hiding. So, he's had it easy. And, I mean, easy is, is quite... It's quite lazy to say that he's had it easy. But in relative context, it's not been as challenging as it has for, for you know, a Schumacher or a Prost or a Senna. Uh, that is still high praise, right? When, when that is the comparison. Right? Like, even... Yeah, yeah but he's not... Course. He's yeah. not undisputed. Yeah. People are yeah. saying he's the undisputed best. So, that's, that's not fair. Yeah, I don't see it that way. He is a very good driver. He is one of the best drivers of all time. But he's not the greatest yeah. ever. No, I, I, I'll concede that. Where I'm like, okay, fine. I, I'll concede to him not being better than uh, Michael Schumacher and Alan Prost. Um, and things like that. I, I had a problem with... Uh, so Sh- uh, Shinja and I have been speaking about this. For a while, right? And Shinja is of the opinion, and I'll ask again whether he's still of the same opinion, that um, Lewis Hamilton is the fourth best driver on the grid. Right? Um, so and on, on, the on the current grid. On the current grid. Okay, okay so yeah. I think Shinja, you had said, what, what was it? Max Verstappen? Uh, yeah, Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, and Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo. Right, and then Lewis. Yeah, <laughs> are, are better drivers than Lewis Hamilton. But the thing, the thing is that I'm not saying this based on their entire career. Right? Career, obviously, Lewis Hamilton has had better. I'm saying right now, as like fast drivers, yeah. like obviously Max Verstappen, there's a possibility Max Verstappen might never end up with a championship. So he'll not be in the same league as Hamilton. But on on the basis of this season or the last se- last season, let's not go into it because Ricardo wasn't that great last season. But on the basis of this season or the last, like you can say three seasons, I really think Max Verstappen is first. He's like head and shoulders above every, not head and shoulders. I think Charles Leclerc is a close second because of what he did with Sauber in 2018. He pulled out some massive results, which he's doing with Ferrari also right now. Every, it's, it's there for everyone to see. Yeah. And I feel Daniel Ricciardo is a really underrated driver right now. I, I know he's a darling of the media, but I don't think he's rated as a really fast top-level driver, which I think he is. Because he goes in 2014, first season at Red Bull, he goes in and he destroys the defending four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel. It's his first season at Red Bull. And 
Daniel Ricardo, I think apart from one bad season in 2015, and maybe you can consider the 20, the last season also bad, but I think Renault had a really bad car as well. But apart from that one bad season in 2015, Daniel Ricciardo has been absolutely top level for me. And I think that's not proven enough because he's never had a car to win the races. I mean, he had at Red Bull. So I, I still stand by it. I, still I think at Red Bull, it. it was fascinating that Max and Daniel were so close to each other. Like every race, they were, they always fought the same piece of track. Yeah, yeah so Max, uh, yeah, I, I definitely rate Max Verstappen higher. I'm, I'm definitely rating Verstappen higher than Ricciardo. But I feel Ricardo's also there. Like, see, it, it, it sometimes you have to like judge on how someone is overperforming the car, right? So I, I don't think Lewis Hamilton has overperformed a single car in his life. Mm-hmm. So I, he's how, definitely okay. fourth. How do you overperform a car, or how do you like how do you overperform a car that is out and out the best? Right, is my question. I think it's teammate. It's teammate specific, right? Because. You look no. at Bottas, Bottas is probably a notch below like the top to 6 or 7. Top. Yeah, he's, he's not in the same level as the top 6-7 drivers. We're talking about Hamilton being the top level. We're not saying that he's undisputedly the first at the moment of the grid. So then now you look at the teammates. And now Jensen Button beat Hamilton um, two seasons in 11 and 13, I think. And then Rosberg, of course, beat him in 2016. And once Bottas came in, we knew that Hamilton would get the better of him. But then you look at the others around in the grid. Ricardo and Verstappen are almost evenly matched. And like Shinjoy said, I think Verstappen is better than Ricardo. You look at Leclerc, he's outperformed his teammates last three seasons now. So you have to say that he's one of them who gets the best out of the car and kind of overperforms the car. But then at the same time, you look at Hamilton, I don't think he overperforms the car. I think he performs to the level of the car. Exactly. But you don't see him beating his teammate by like a second. I mean, Bottas is not a bad driver, but he's not the best. So he's not a very good reference point. I mean, so, as a, uh, so, as a comparison, w- would everyone agree that about Bottas and Albon are about at the same level? Probably, but Albon has years on his side. No, the yeah, idea, I mean, yeah, no, so, no, so no, what I'm trying to say over here is that Bottas is consistently, if you look at this season, he's been slower than Hamilton. He's been about a tenth, two tenths slower than Lewis Hamilton. Whereas Alex Albon has consistently been seven, eight, nine tenths yeah. slower than Max Verstappen. But then, but then, also, the difference but it does. But while you're making that argument, it is fair to say that while Mercedes prefer Lewis, clearly, they don't race them one and two like Red Bull does. Red Bull clearly races Max and Alex as one. But it's forced. Isn't it forced on Red Bull's hand? Because Albon is just like a second off. Yeah. He's not even fourth on the grid when they have a qualifying session. Yeah, but when they come out and like clearly declare that they basically do R&D on Alex Albon's car, and allow all the optimal settings to be on Max Verstappen's car. Like everything that, any testing that has to be done is Alex Albon's car. He comes into the grid yeah, but I think almost a new car every year. No, that preference is given to Mercedes also. In Mercedes also, it works this way that whoever is uh, first Leading in, in the, the championship, championship after a certain yeah. point of races, they get preference on the R&D. Also, also uh, uh, in terms of Botas and Albon's comparison, Botas at Williams... Did a lot. I mean, I guess Alex Albon didn't have that much time at uh, uh, Alpha Tori uh, or Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso, yeah. Then, yeah. But Bottas overperformed at the time his Williams car. Not really. Not really. He was up against Alex Albon, Danny Kvyat just before. uh, No, but 
Wait, firstly, going back to uh, Bottas and Massa. Massa was at the end of his career and he was getting battered by Alonso at the time. So, he yeah. moved on to Williams. And, and, I mean, Bottas and Massa were even for three years. Did Jim out? They were fighting for podiums. They were better than Ferrari. Yeah, they were fighting for podiums. They were better than Ferrari in 2014. They were the third best car. Yeah, okay. So this is um this is a, obviously a conversation which can go on and on for yeah, hours. It's fascinating. But um what I will I'll try and play devil's advocate for a bit here, especially I, I mean I agree with what the boys are saying in, in in general. And for me, Michael Schumacher is my favorite, so he is greatest of all time for me because I've watched him. I don't know the others, I haven't watched the others who are part of the the list. Like Shinji said, it's mostly hearsay. Um coming back to what what really gets to me is considering Lewis as the fourth best in the current grid. Yeah. That's something that's quite difficult for me to digest. Because, yes, whilst he doesn't overperform his car, um, there is a different um, kind of pressure associated with someone who is always expected to win. And he keeps on winning, right? And you have to pay tribute to that as well. Yes, he has the fastest car. Yes, he has an unbelievable car. By that logic, Valtteri Bottas should be second because his car is so far superior than all the others. So driver capability does make a huge difference. Valtteri in such a good car is still not performing at that level. Yeah, but I'm so, not rating him above Valtteri. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that you're rating him above Hamilton in, in any regard. But I'm saying we also have to give respect to uh, Hamilton um, dealing with the pressure of always being the favourite, always winning and winning. All the time. At least in a season like this, this year, he's going to win again. There have been some decisions which, um, uh, some uh, bans, some fines that the FIA have been giving him, which have been uh, a bit harsh. I mean, it hasn't happened in the previous seasons. So he's had to deal with some adversity also. We're now looking into the future. And the question that presents itself is after Lewis Hamilton, and I guess we can dub them as the next gen, the next generation drivers, right? Who do we believe will be world champion first, right? I think we can put Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, George Russell. I don't really rate Lance Stroll a lot, but maybe you want to put him in there. Um, Carlos no. Sainz, uh, Esteban Ocon, maybe Pierre Gasly uh, shout for this thing. Um, I, I wouldn't put Daniel Ricciardo as next gen, but he hasn't been a world champion, yeah. so if he becomes a world champion, sure. So I'm gonna throw this to Shreyas first, um, who he believes in the future um, would be his top pick to be world champion first among the next gen. So I think I see a way which Hamilton wins an eighth title next year and retires from the sport. So potentially 2023. Two could be the first year that we get a non-Hamilton winner. And I, I genuinely don't feel Red Bull will ever win a championship. It seems like Verstappen Red Bull is just not going to be a dream that they sort of to achieve. So I'm going to look at McLaren Mercedes as the first title winning car after Mercedes. And I'm going to say Daniel Ricciardo is going to win the first championship after Hamilton. But then I think McLaren are going to be so good that Lando Norris will win the year after that. Oh, okay. That's 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 a bold that's a bold shout in that regard. Uh, how much of the, I mean, we all know now that Honda is leaving Formula One, um, so that would be a blow for Red Bull because they might have to revert back to a Renault engine 
and I think they had not the best of terms when they left the last time uh, with regards to Renault. So um, you do not believe that Max Verstappen or Red Bull, do you see Max Verstappen moving on somewhere else or do you see him staying at Red Bull? Um, I think he could. He could move to Mercedes, couldn't he? And I think if if uh, Mercedes gets or Hamilton leaves Mercedes, I think it would spell the end for Bottas. I'd never see Mercedes backing Bottas for a title. So I think it could be George Russell and maybe Max or Ocon, depending on what happens. But then again, Mercedes have dominated for like seven years, and probably next year will be eight in a row. And you're, you're going to see Total Wolf leave the team. You're going to see a lot of the senior figures leave the team. I'm sure they can't keep going at the same rate they have for another five, six years. So there's going to be change. And when there's change, there's automatically a, a dip or a transition period that teams face. Red Bull had it as well. So I think Mercedes are just going to lose that, that you know, elite level of dominance. And hence, I'm looking at McLaren as the leading contender. But are you saying that Lando Norris, you said Lando Norris wins after Danny Rick, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you saying next season? Like, does Lando Norris win immediately after Danny Rick? Does he immediately after Ricardo? I think Lando Norris, just because of his um, attitude towards the sport, where he doesn't take it lightly, but he just comes off as a guy who's a joker. Ricardo, you could say that you know he's shown it for six, seven years, so you kind of see that he might be a championship contender. But I honestly think Lando Norris in two, he's just so again underrated. I don't know why. It comes across like he's underrated, but then he probably gets the best out of the car in the qualifying sessions. He's beaten signs, I think, over the last couple of years. And that's not an easy feat. And at the same time, last year was his rookie year. And I just I just genuinely see him. I'd love to see him, first of all, win the championship. But if McLaren do have the best car, I think he'll win after Ricardo. Right, so the thing is, it it doesn't for me. It doesn't really depend on the driver. The prediction mostly depends on the car who gets it right in 2022 after the regulation changes. Uh, but based on current form, I would obviously go with Max Verstappen if he gets a competitive car. But agreeing with Shreyas, I think McLaren are in the best position to take advantage of the 2022 rule change, and they probably will be. The best car, close to the best car, along with Mercedes, if Mercedes are there. So I think, I think, yeah, Daniel Ricciardo being the most experienced driver. I think in a championship, experience also counts. And I know Ricciardo has never actually been in a championship uh, fight, but I really feel that Ricciardo's experience will count out over the young Turks. But again, it, it all depends on the car, and it's very difficult to say who's going to get it right in 2022 because nobody saw for uh, like foresaw Mercedes becoming this dominant when the rules changed yeah. in 2014. So yeah, I I I I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's going to win. Like if Mercedes continue dominating, anybody who's in that car might win the championship. Won't be Bottas, whoever either <laughs> Hamilton if he continues, or whoever comes in to replace Hamilton will win. But yeah, based, if, you're, if you're basing it just on current form, then it's Max Verstappen if he has a competitive car. You, uh, no, I mean, I, given the nature, given the nature of the sport, I think we all understand that who gets it right in terms of car development and um, settings, it's going to be huge. So if you were to remove that element, Shinja, I'm going to ask you this in terms of who you think, just based of driver capability, good, yeah, the next driver, gen, driver capability, and Personal uh, favoritism, also. I, I'll give you that. 
right? Who would you want to see be the next among the next gen um, be world champion? See, I I potentially foresee Max Verstappen versus Charles Leclerc for the next five or six years from 2022 to about 2027. That's potentially what I foresee if they both have competitive cars. If Ferrari can get it right with Leclerc, or if Leclerc leaves Ferrari for a competitive car. So I I feel it. I I and I personally want Verstappen to be the first winner after Hamilton because I feel with his performances he's deserved to yeah. be like the yeah. heir to Lewis Hamilton. I I I have to agree, right? If it's based Max on drivers for the next few, if it's based on driver capabilities, it has to be Max, right? Max, like it, it yeah. looks like he's so much faster than everyone else. Um, and and if we are to believe the Red Bull is as bad as Albon makes it look, then what Max does is just absolutely ridiculous, right? The fact that he's so far ahead of whoever is coming, if he is third, whoever is coming fourth. uh and they create such a massive lead and makes sense that the mercedes do it they they're so much better than like they're so much faster than everyone else but the fact that he keeps up and then has just like a 40 second lead uh to the person who's right after him right like fourth or third yeah. as the case may be i think it has to be max personally i really want to see george russell in a competitive car i've spoken to everyone about this i really like like what he's about he's also shown he's also proven that he's better than um a lot of these the, the drivers that he came up with in formula 2 he won formula 2 he's been he's dominated um uh, in formula 2 and before that in karting everything he, he looks like a very put well put together driver toto wolf seems to back him right to be yeah but rick don't you think that he might need a year to kind of bed into my series considering he hasn't got a, so he hasn't got a point correct at this yeah no i, I definitely so. think that he needs time to settle into actually being competitive because he has been so not competitive for so long i think it'll be hard to immediately like just get into like a mercedes start winning races you know what i mean i feel like that will definitely take some time but i from everything i've heard about him and like how well he performs in quali and things like that i do see like i do see him being a great driver and i do like i do want him to kind of shine through get a competitive car see him race um i want to see him go up against the lando norrises that you said would kind of win the charles leclerc's the max verstappen's and see how he fares with the big boys with the competitive car arjun you haven't yeah no, that's that's um, good mine is uh, pretty clear i'm out and out max verstappen fan i want max verstappen <laughs> to um become world champion I mean, I I backed him to become world champion this year. I backed him to be world champion next year. I really rate Max Verstappen a lot. Another person I really rate, um, not so much about driver capability. I wouldn't say he's up there, but um, it's no secret to people who know me. I like Esteban Ocon a lot. Uh, more so because of his story. Um, I follow Esteban Ocon uh, uh, quite a bit. I like his driving style. I remember the bus stop, which was. uh between Esteban Ocon and Max Verstappen yeah. um yeah. which uh, eventually resulted in Max uh, not really liking Esteban so it was i think he's competitive i like his hunger his drive right he was the third driver for Mercedes a lot of things about say George Russell people like Esteban Ocon these they are drivers part of Toto Wolff's portfolio 
but as Shreyas yeah. mentions, there is a very realistic possibility that Toto might leave the sport completely, right? So I wonder what happens then to um, people who are kept, what direction Mercedes goes in. So banking on those things, I mean, even George Russell, I think, is with uh, Toto Wolf. I'm not particularly sure yeah. if he is. Yeah. Right? And uh, he's yeah. uh, a shoe in to be the next Mercedes driver. But I don't know if the Mercedes change direction, what happens to him. At least it's a, a lot more exciting. I, I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a lot of um, media chatter about um, Formula One not being as entertaining as it was before because it's so one-sided. Um, there's that wonderful video. I don't know who, who was it? Was it Jackie Clark? I don't know who was it uh, who says he's so bored about watching your Hamilton um, continuously race and come first and it's getting boring. It's killing the sport that he loves with all the FI rules and regulations uh, and so on. Um, so I just in general, for someone who's followed the sport for 13 years now, I just like it to be competitive again. I'm quite sad that we haven't had a single wet Grand Prix because there are so many friends of ours yeah, who've just gotten to Formula One um, because of Drive to Survive, right? And Drive to Survive tells you a wonderful story. It gives you the drama, but it doesn't really tell you the intricacies and difficulties of Formula One and how competitive it used to be eight, 10 years ago and the difference as it is now, right? I mean, unfortunately, this season, we don't have a Monaco Grand Prix, so they don't understand... Uh, how difficult a track that is. So just as a fan, I'd love to see, you know, scenarios like 2007, 2008, you know, three people going into the last Grand Prix, each one can become world champion. You become world champion in the last corner. That's what um, made the love for this sport grow for me. So I hope um, the top bosses get it right. The 2022 regulations come into effect and make the sport a bit more competitive because as we've all mentioned on this podcast that car makes a huge difference. Um, it could be a great equalizer and we want to see those battles. We want to see Charles versus Max. We want to see George versus Lando, yeah. a proper grid battle. Yeah. yeah. So uh, another that, another that's big cool. criticism other than it just not being as competitive as it used to be is how aggressive they are with these penalties. And I think Jeremy Clarkson talks about this where he's like, no one can overtake anymore. There's a difference between dangerous driving and um, like actually like diving in like for aggressive like a aggressive uh, overtake. And he was just like, it made it interesting. I know there are safety concerns and things like that, but there are more. Oh, but then you see, you see um, elite level drivers in wheel to wheel combat. You see Max, you see Leclerc and even Sainz and Lando for the matter. You see them racing each other and they race hard, but they race with that one car's width at all times. Even, even yesterday, there was a point where was it Max or was it Charles who was being overtaken by Ricardo? Yeah, Ricardo took, got him over yeah. the outside. And Charles left him exactly one car's width. And that is hard racing. Charles could have got him back even though he was behind him at the next corner. But, but again, you, that is the level you expect him to go to. But you say that, I mean, but like the race right before this, Charles Leclerc took out Lance Stroll in the same move. Right. Lance Stroll overtook him and he just still took him out. Uh, so I think you I look mean, at the F2 races, it's a very important marker because you look at the F2 moves, some of them are like, you know, Banzai moves, dives into the into turn one or whatever, the braking zones. And they're very dangerous because the closing speed of these cars is so high that if you're stuck between another, stuck behind another car, 
and you're breaking, you know, a meter later than the other car in front, you could just like spiral over him and, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't know, aeroplane crash kind of situation. So I guess from that point of view, you have to respect the rules. But yeah, I mean, some of the penalties that have been given are silly, you know, for bumping people off track and stuff, which we want to see. We want to see them, you know, literally battling wheel to wheel and not just, um, you know, gliding past with the help of DRS and whatnot. But I guess there are some drivers that show that overtaking is possible and it is beautiful to overtake with some of the moves that they produce. I think it was, was it? So guys, to wrap up, thanks for joining us, both of you, Shreyas and Shinjai. Uh, it was great to have you on. To reiterate, um, go follow our podcast on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts and all of that. And on YouTube. Um, go follow us on our social media. Uh, once again, I want uh, to remind everyone, Shreyas has his, a podcast of his own. It's the Terra Ted podcast. The link will be in the description. Go check that out. Uh, hope you enjoyed this video and thanks for watching.